Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast, simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better, helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments. Here are your hosts, Josh Robb and Austin Wilson. Yep, go ahead, Austin. No, you go ahead, Josh. Oh, man. Got weird I'm gonna again. To, I'm going to clap it again. Do it. <laughs> Wait, where are you going to go? I forgot. <laughs> Josh, you're going to Okay. Okay. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Invested Dads podcast. We have some exciting news. Today, we're going to bring you a special episode with a special, special guest. Josh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So we are the Invested Dads, and we know that not just dads are listening to our podcast. So we thought we'd bring uh, a different perspective for today's interview. And uh, her name is Jessica Hinks. She's a financial advisor here in Finley and also a CFP. And so we're going to talk with her about her perspective as a female in our industry, but then also how the, the different things she's learned uh, being a part of the financial advising world over the last uh, five years. Yeah, I am so excited to be on the show. Seeing the background of how a podcast is made has been really cool. My normal form of expression is writing. So I appreciate you guys getting me to do something new. So thank you. Yeah, we're glad to have um, you. Yeah, Josh, I am an advisor here in Finley, and I get to talk with clients about finances and help them make informed life decisions. So I do get to discuss investments, but it's in regards to how investments help accomplish my clients' financial goals. So it really is my dream job. I love it. Now I just have to find some better coworkers, and I'll be happy. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> and a good one. Good so one. Full, full disclosure that the joke is because we're actually her coworkers. And so she, she does have to put with us, up with us on a daily basis. And so far, it's, it's been okay, I think. Yeah, she's, she's really scraping great. the bottom of the barrel with, with who she's doing her first podcast with. No, they're awesome. You guys are awesome. So is everyone else here at the office. So Josh, My- or Jess, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Well, like Josh mentioned, I am a certified financial planner. Now, only 23% of CFPs are women. So if you're a woman and you're listening and pointing at you, consider yourself officially recruited because no offense, guys, but women have natural communication and multitasking skills. So we're arguably even more inclined to be great financial planners. I can't deny with those communication skills or, uh, yeah, it's much better for a woman. Yeah. And the multitasking. Yeah. I'm having a hard time listening and thinking at the same time. So you're doing, you're doing great. Well, well, thank you. (laughs) I am the author of the everydayadvisor.com. I share tips on everyday financial situations just for everyday people like you and me. And Austin told me to share some fun facts about myself. I don't always consider myself exceptionally interesting, but I think my lifelong love of finance is a little interesting. When I was a kid, for instance, I was obsessed with saving money. I used to offer my sisters um, my services for doing their chores for payment. I tried to charge interest, but my parents wouldn't let me. (laughs) And I was just a hustler. So my love of finance carried into college. I actually met my husband, Will, in her finance classes. So finance is a little bit romantic in our household even. I just have a lifelong love for it. That is so funny. It's very different than the relationship my wife and I have with money. Um, She's more like, hey, honey, you do this for a living. So I trust it what you want. And she's really bored when I start talking about work. So that's kind of an interesting thing that you have there. So it's great. Yeah. So Jess, so instead of a 
a V lookup in that class, it became a V hookup, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good Excel joke. Yeah, that's coming out in the next version of Excel. Yeah. <laughs> Only 1% of our audience will get that. So that's okay, though. <laughs> will, my husband will get it. He's an Excel, Excel whiz, so. Will, will get it. Will, will get it. Yeah, that's right. All right, so tell us a little bit about some of the things that's unique about uh, being a female in this industry or just females in general when it comes to investing. Yeah, well, women investors have a few hurdles to overcome compared to men. And I just want to say that all these gaps, women have been behind in investing in in the past, but we're really catching up and I'm really excited about that. So I say these things only to motivate us and help women to be aware of some of the hurdles so they can be more proactive and planning for them. So one hurdle women have to overcome is the fact that we live longer than men do. On average, two and a half years longer. So that's thousands of extra dollars that women have to save throughout their lifetime just because we live longer. So that's hurdle number one. And it would, uh, they would live even longer if they weren't married to us men, right? Is that right, Josh? Yeah. So married men tend to live longer than single men, but married women tend to live shorter lives than single women. And it, the, the main factor is, you know, who's taking care of that guy. And that's really whose life gets shortened. So, so when you guys are married to us, that just means that uh, we're making that nest egg have to stretch less far for you. I mean, you said it, not me. <laughs> Being married is great. But yeah, I think that the husbands do shorten the wives' lifespans a little bit. So the second hurdle is not only do women live longer and have to save more, but women on average are paid less than men, meaning we have to save more while earning less. And that's as hard as it sounds. There's a lot of good, re- there's reasons that make sense for why some women earn less. And that's because there's a lot of social constructs. And traditionally, women have to care for the family members in their household. And they have to commit a lot more time to social interactions rather than committing extra time to work, which it's just so tough to save more when you're earning less. What would be some of those examples? Taking care of the kids, but what else? Elderly parents, women are disproportionately more likely to be responsible for caring for other relatives as well as their own kids. Yeah. Um, so as mm-hmm. the baby boomer generation is heading towards retirement and projected to be you know, living longer than any prior generation, that's going to become even more apparent as women disproportionately are going to be taking care of their parents longer. Yeah, definitely. And this isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think Women tend to have more nurturing, caring hearts. We're always looking out for ways we can help people. And I think that's a great thing. And as women and just people in general, we cannot always control our life circumstances. We might be in a circumstance where you have to care for an aging parent, or maybe you're a single mom and you're working as hard as you can, and you really just don't have a dollar more to save or invest. You just have to do what you can do. And I just want to encourage you that while you're in those moments, Even if you can't advance yourself financially, there's other things you can do to advance yourself. You can advance your abilities, your knowledge on finance, and your overall mindset because it's all about happiness and you can get there even without a lot of money. Yeah. And there's a lot more organizations and groups out there for support as well now as people are realizing that is a needed thing. Um, So there's, there's places you can go for help for that as well. Oh yeah. There's a huge social movement for women investors. There's Instagram groups, Twitter groups, Facebook groups, you'll find your people. You just have to go look for them. They're there. You just have to find them. 
I think you hit on a good point when you're talking about how and maybe some of the reasons why women are, you know, they're the ones to care for those uh, elderly parents or they're the ones to care for the children who have needs or whatever. It's, and I, I kind of think it like they're better suited for some of that compassion, the soft side of things, which also makes them very good as financial advisors, as I think we're going to be talking about before too long. But it's that, that I'm, I'm going to call it a compassion gap, trademark that, where it's more natural and easier and it comes across a lot better. And that's something that helped that can actually very much help women in, in the financial industry. Um, but it's the reason that they're often chosen and, and or do choose to help out around the house more, help out with their parents more or whatever. So yeah, definitely, definitely a different world. Yeah. So when women do invest, how do they do compared to men when it comes to investing? I mean, overall, it's all a matter of being a consistent investor and being a smart investor and not being controlled by emotions. So there's some studies that show that women might actually be better investors at men. And like I said, there's hurdles. Women tend to invest maybe too little and too infrequently, but that doesn't mean that we're not as good investors. I think our turns are arguably the same, even sometimes better compared to some studies. I think maybe you found a study that showed that, right, Josh? Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to women and men, you know, women investors, their decision-making is a little different and it tends to to do well. They they take time to think through. That's where men can be very reactive in situations. Again, we're lumping a bunch of people into one category, but that idea where, you know, men can be a little more uh, irrational and chase returns, whereas women stick to a plan. I, I know you talk a lot about goals and goal-based. And so uh, women tend to have their investing match their goals, whereas men can at times just be looking for, they want to brag. So they want to get the best return and do the best and may not over the long run because they'll come in and out, give them the best overall result. So Jess, you talked a little bit about, you know, how maybe women don't save as much or there's a little difference on how all of that will work. But is the, do you have any numbers on maybe how much women do save versus men? Yeah. Well, as far as investing in the stock market goes, about 60% of men invest in the stock market compared to 40% of women who invest in the stock market. You know, that's a 20% gap, but it is narrowing and it's narrowing more every, every year, which is really exciting. And I think that some things that help with that is one technology. Women don't have to go into a stuffy advisor's office and talk to someone who they might find intimidating or don't have a good connection with. They can just go online and invest in a diversify the portfolio on their own, which is great. And also, whenever you turn a TV on, all the major custodians, they have commercials with women advisors, women investors, and it's making it look more like the norm because it is the norm. And so I think women realize that I'm an everyday person, everyday people invest, I can do this. And because of that, the gap's narrowing. So that's exciting for me. That's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely a changing world. And I think it's changing for the better. I think that not just women, but men and women are seeing the need that everyone needs, everyone needs to save. Everyone needs to plan ahead for the future and we need to work together to do that. But I'm so happy that, you know, the, the females are picking up and running with it. They're just taking it and going big. And I think that it's not going to be long at all when they're going to be talking about men having to catch up. <laughs> well, you have to catch up in a lot of ways, but. Oh, maybe... let's, not, let's not go there. <laughs> so Jess, do you have something special for us this week? I do. I'm so excited about it. I have the woman joke of the week for you. Woo. All right, we're ready. Bring it, bring it. 
Do you know who was one of the first female investors? Who? Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter? She went to the Nile Bank and came back with a small profit. Profit. <laughs> I love it. Wait, is that profit with a PH or an F? Well, profit with a PH, but play on words with an F. I think nice. it's I think it's safe to say that that his people profited from him, you know, going there. It was good. So, I like it. That is good. So we looked about females in investing, women when they're investing, but let's talk on your side of the world uh, as a female advisor. What do you what do you see in the industry? Well, there are more women advisors than there used to be, but there's still not many. And you know, I do think that women make really good advisors, but I don't think that women clients necessarily have to work with a woman advisor. Men can be great advisors. They just need to make sure they're doing certain things to make their women clients feel comfortable and heard. I think this is a really interesting fact, and I've read it in numerous places. 70% of recent widows leave their former husband's financial advisor within a year. And when you survey those people, they leave mainly because they didn't feel like they were valued. They didn't feel like they had a relationship with them. They might have worked with these people for 20 years, but they felt like the advisor just talked to their husband, not to them. So 70% of recent widows leave their advisor. That's just wow. astronomical. So Jess, how do you know that you have an advisor that you can trust, especially you know from a woman's perspective? Yeah. Well, first of all, you want to have an advisor you can trust and who's also working in a way that suits you best. So for a lot of women, like Josh mentioned, we tend to be very goal-based. So you want to work with an advisor who is also goals-based and goals-focused so that you can set goals for yourself and meet those goals, which are more rewarding than just tracking investment benchmarks. So have an advisor who can walk alongside you and just keep me moving along and keep you motivated by meeting financial goals. And I I think in general, that's a very good way to invest. I mean, it makes a lot of sense because when you're just looking at a benchmark, you don't know if that's good or bad to what you're trying to get to. But when you have a goal, you can compare, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm trying to get to. Am I getting the returns? Am I getting the, am I in the investments I need to achieve that goal? So I agree. I think that's the, the best way to invest. Yeah, mm-hmm. just because you just because you didn't beat the S and P five hundred for a year or whatever, that doesn't necessarily mean that your entire retirement plan is in shambles and yeah. you need to start at square one because that might not have been part of the plan. You know, you could still definitely be on track just because it's easy to measure yourself against something that might be irrelevant. Exactly, and from a lot of women, maybe their goal is saving for a new car, getting an emergency fund, getting five hundred thousand dollars in their portfolio. Is really obvious benchmarks that you can keep in your mind and keep working towards. So this will be a fun test that if you have an advisor already, do this. So talk to your advisor and figure out how many seconds it takes for them to interrupt you if you're telling them a story or a concern you have. There's been a survey and studies with doctors, the average doctor who is educated to listen to their patients only takes 18 seconds before they interrupt their patients. I think that's wild. Unfortunately, I think it's the same way in the financial planning industry. So just pay attention to how well your advisor listens. And and that's that's just not a... That's just not an advice for a a female, right? I mean, that's in general, you want an advisor that can listen to you and that's good for anybody to look at their advisor. 
you know, not mm-hmm. just for the females, because, you know, if your advisor is interrupting you, then they're not listening to anybody. Yeah, definitely. This applies to both men and women. Definitely. Um, another thing you want to watch out for when you're trying to look for an advisor you trust is consider if your current advisor asks your opinion. If you're married, is your advisor always asking your husband's opinion and not yours? Is your advisor looking at your husband whenever he's addressing you? Does he look at you? Is there eye contact? And also just pay attention to even where they're putting papers. When they're reviewing statements with you, are they just opening the statement and laying it in front of your husband while they're pointing out numbers? Are they putting it in front of both of you and getting you both in the conversation? So these are just like little things you can watch for to gauge how well the advisor is actually valuing your role in the relationship. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely important because especially in a couple. Now, a, a wife and a husband might have completely different goals. They might have different that the, with the, they want to do with certain pieces of, of their money or they might have different risk tolerances or things like that. And really, they have to be on the same page and come to an, a, you know, a plan together. But the advisor should be definitely working with both parties involved to make sure that they're doing what is tolerable for both as well as what's best to achieve those goals over the long term. So yeah, I think having a team, a team player approach in that and, and knowing that it, it's definitely valuable to get both sides there. So, so Jess, um, I really appreciate that's some really good insights. Uh, so how can listeners follow you and find out more about what you're doing. And you mentioned you liked writing. Is there a way they could connect with you? Yeah, I do write on my blog, theeverydayadvisor.com. And you can subscribe to it. I really encourage people me people to email me their questions. So if you read an article and you have a question about it, just go to my contact me page and let me know. You can find me on Facebook too, The Everyday Advisor, and I have a page there and I'll always try and react to messages. And I love sharing general financial planning principles. And these again are everyday situations. They're not for investors who are looking for the best find here or the secret stock there. It's just real life situations that I hope apply to everyone. And we're going to link her blog page, her website to uh, in our show notes. So you can find it right there and click on it, whatever you want there. So this week, listeners, we are challenging you not, you do not need to, you already have our eight timeless principles of investing. But today, your challenge is to go to Jess's blog page, read some blogs, learn something, and uh, subscribe to that newsletter because it is great. She'll send you an email with her latest blog every week and it is super informative. And I know that I personally enjoy listening and reading to them, or not listening to them, but reading them every week. So it's definitely a highlight of my week when that email comes. And so I Jess, know, Jess, you also have a thing on your website. It's a checklist uh, yeah. for people. It's free as well, right? Yeah, it's a great list just to help ask yourself questions. So it's a financial planning checklist that covers things like insurance, financial organization, estate planning, and it'll help bring to light areas of your financial life that maybe haven't been addressed in a while. So please go ahead and download that. It's free and I hope it helps you. So just kind of wrap it up and, and give the listeners some, some great tips and resources and just kind of say thank you. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been a lot of not fun. To us. <laughs> oh, not, to, not to you. Well, thank you guys. But I just want to say thanks to the people who read as well. And it's, um, always encouraging when people reach out to me and tell me that a tip has helped them. I really appreciate it. So it keeps me motivated to write more. And I just want to encourage you 
women and men who are listening, you know, the world is changing fast, but I feel like women's roles in finance hasn't kept up until recently. And we're really gaining steam now and it's really exciting. So I just want a new crop of financially competent and competent women who are not just the exception, but who are the norm. And I know that through education, um, women are going to be competent and confident. And it's really exciting. So keep at it. Keep learning. Keep listening to the Invested Dads podcast because they provide you with a lot of these resources that will help you grow. Well, thanks, Jess. And uh, for all you out there, thanks for listening. Uh, To help this podcast grow, uh, make sure you share it with your friends. Uh, Subscribe if you haven't already. um, And then leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's always useful. It helps us rank so that more people can find us. Um, And you can email any ideas you have for us for future episodes to hello at theinvesteddads.com. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to theinvesteddads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh Robb and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.